Welcome to the Global Church Podcast. We're the Global Missions Pastors at Fellowship Bible Church, uh, Scott and Jim. And uh, we're still continuing to uh, uh, do our podcast via Zoom. And uh, we've been, as a, as, a, as a missions program, we've been um, connecting with uh, many of our uh, pastors and church leaders that we work with around the world every week. And we've been getting updates about how the uh, COVID-19 pandemic is affecting um, the various countries and locations where our, our global partners are, are working. And, and some, the pandemic is affecting more than others. And uh, in this episode, we've got a real, very special couple here with us uh, from India that uh, the pandemic has been greatly affecting them. Yeah, so we've got um, Hanson and Jocelyn Minova with us uh, today, and so we're really glad that they were able to take some time and, uh, and join us. And before we actually hit the recording, Hanson said that they're sitting in their car and, and uh, they got some monkeys running around their car, so they had to lock all their doors while, they, uh, while we do the recording. <laughs> so um, so great to have you all with us, Hanson and Jocelyn. Uh, thanks for taking the time to be with us. So as we get started, just let's just start off by sharing a little bit about your know, all's family and and uh, kids. And uh, you know, many of our listeners will you know have met you all before, either from you all coming here and being part of our missions conferences here uh, in Virginia or. Some maybe have even traveled over, you know, to your all's place in India to visit you guys. But just take a take a few minutes just to tell us a little bit about a little bit about your family. Yeah. Uh, hi. Um, I'm Hanson Manova, and uh, my wife is uh, Jocelyn Manova. Uh, we are from the southern part of India, from the state of Tamil Nadu. And right now we are uh, serving the Lord in a place called as uh, Namakal. And we are blessed with two children. Our first daughter, Amy. Amy is 10 years old. And uh, our son, Hudson, he's uh, seven years old. Uh, that's, that's our family. And um, you, you and I have, we've already a, arranged the marriage of Amy, right? She's 10 and our <laughs> oldest grandson, Isaiah, is 10. And uh, <laughs> that's your culture and so, um, I've been around the world enough that um, I'm fine with buying into other cultures, and so we've already arranged that marriage, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Only we need to decide the bride's bride's price. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So early on, um, early on in the earlier days with your with your ministry, you were, you were not in Namakal, you were in Hosur. So, so share with us a little bit about kind of the, the early days, um, the beginning days of ministry in Hosur and how that began and, um, um, you know, ACA and joining up with uh, Saji and Augustine. So kind of give a little bit of the background of how, how the Lord began all that and how all that started. Um, yeah, um, I got connected to the Hosur Bible Church through Asian Christian Academy. I went for my seminary education there. And um, uh, ACA has a program that where the students are supposed to um, attend a particular local church for one whole academic year. Um, and so through that, I got connected with uh, Pastor Saji uh, Abraham. I went there and from the very first week, he wanted me to translate the sermons for him and to lead the service because he was not that familiar with the, the local language, Tamil, because he was from a different state. That's how I got introduced to uh, Hosur Bible Church. And I was attending that church for three years. And when I was about to graduate, we had Pastor Tim McManical. Uh, he used to come every year to uh, teach a pastor's seminar. And I'll be translating his messages. I and Pastor Augustine, both of us will take turns to translate. And um, 
So in between the classes, we'll have uh, conversations with each other, with, with Pastor Tim. Um, and in my final year of seminary, I was thinking what I should do next. Um, and I, I wanted to work with a seminary and a local church. Uh, so I was thinking about a ministry of that category. Um, then Pastor Tim said, uh, why can't you think about working with uh, Saji? Uh, and uh, he said, we will pray about it. And yeah, um, if, if you're okay, uh, we will be able to help you uh, with the ministry. Then hmm. I discussed with Pastor Saji and Dr. Joy, George, uh, the president of Asian Christian Academy. Um, and we prayed. And then I started working with the Hosu Church uh, from 2006 till 2019, uh, we were with the Hosul Bible Church. And during the time, uh, God really worked mightily uh, in, 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 in the congregation. And we were able to have uh, uh, elders, um, a good body group of uh, believers. And um, after we taught through the creation to Christ series, that's, that's from creation to Christ to uh, revelation, um, now we started with church membership. We were thinking about uh, what what the Lord wants to do through our church in India. Um, so we came up with the uh, with the motto that uh, our main aim is to disciple people with God's word, because we we saw that is lacking in our place. Um, so in that we had three processes. One was uh, embrace, it means when a person comes to the church we should lead them to embrace Christ and embrace one another, getting connected to Christ and to the local body. Then the next stage is edification, where we uh, teach them about the finished work of Christ. That's where we come to the uh, lessons and we teach them from creation to Christ till revelation. Then the third st stage is expand. So once these people are trained in the word of God and we see God working in them, they move out to other places to expand the gospel. Um, so when we were teaching this, you know, God uh, put that burden in our heart that um, as pastors, we should lead them. Um, so during that time, our church in Namakal was going through a very difficult uh, time, the home church where I come from. It was about to have a split. There were like two parties who were trying to divide the church and there was a lot of confusion. Um, so... Uh, I, Pastor G. Augustine, and the elders of Osu Bible Church were praying over it. Um, then we thought, okay, I and Augustine will go there regularly and teach the church with our lessons. So we started with the creation to Christ and the knowing God um, lessons, and we see God was working. Uh, within like, the first thing was when we were teaching through um, uh, Genesis, especially the lessons of Abraham, where we talk about how God justifies a person. Um, I think that that was the main um, turning point in the whole ministry uh, mm -hmm. because you know, people know the gospel, but they do not know that we are completely justified by the finished work of Christ. Yeah. Um, because they were thinking like they have some part in their salvation. Mm -hmm. um, and when, when, when I, when, when I and <clears throat> Augustine were explaining about how God accepts a person purely on the basis of his grace, um, um, people are amazed. Um, and then that actually brought a reconciliation in the church. The two parties that were trying to divide the church, they calmed down and wow. they were willing to uh, uh, stop accusing each other or bringing the problems inside the church. Mm -hmm. And we were also able to personally go and talk to them and we personally talked to them about God's forgiveness. We kept on talking about God. Instead of addressing the problem, I felt like, let me talk about how God forgives people. Um, so I kept on talking about God's forgiveness, how he accepts people. Um, so they had no refutation for my arguments. Mm -hmm. uh, if, I, if I pick the problems, like, you know, let's, let's discuss the problems. Definitely they will have some excuses. So right. we saw God working. When I shared this with the Hosur elders and pastors, they were really excited. Mm -hmm. um, then all of a sudden, my dad had a sudden collapse in his health. And we were looking for an interim person to fill the gap till we find the next pastor. Uh, so, and we thought, okay, we have this model called as expand where um, a family moves out of the church to go and do something for the Lord you know, outside the congregation. Um, uh, so we thought, okay, we lead it by example. You know, uh, 
here is God. He has helped us to embrace one another and him. He has edified us and we are going to uh, go to the field. That's how we um, finally moved to Namakal in 2020, uh, I'm sorry, 2019, June. Huh. So the... Um... The, uh, what you're describing there, you know, the church on the verge of division and the way that God averted it um, sounds to me like it, it's a classic example of Ephesians 4, 11 to 13. It says, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And just that statement in 13, till we all come to the unity of the faith. And, the, and really what you're describing is it's, is it's their realization of, you know, grace and justification and how they have been fully declared righteous by grace is what motivated them to forgive one another and that it's a you know a, a maturing uh, unifying of the faith that really uh, kind of thwarted off that division yeah um yeah, yeah it's it's really true because uh, i and jocelyn we never wanted to go to namakal for for ministry huh. you know of course it was one of our uh, even uh, when we got married, that was something that we decided. Uh, we will never go to that place for ministry. Yeah. Because I was really frustrated about that place. Uh. Um, and when she came during the first, uh, like first four or five years of her marriage, whenever we visited, um, she was also not feeling very comfortable about doing ministry there. Uh. Um, then we all lost hope uh, yeah. because we, we tried to address this problem try to solve the issue. Um, the friction was growing big. Wow. Um, uh, so finally, uh, I think from 2018 to 19, that one year when we were traveling and teaching the lessons every weekend, hmm. uh, no, we decided that we are not going to address this problem. Hmm. And we said, let's see what God can do. We will tell them about God and what he does for a believer. Amen. And let's see what God can do. Yeah. And uh, now, in my heart, all that I wanted to do is to teach them about what, how God works in a person's life. Yeah. Um, then on the, on the human side, you know, we both were feeling hopeless. We thought it's going to go nowhere. And, uh, but then amazingly, we see you know, when the lessons were taught, um, God started working in the hearts of uh, everyone. Mm. Now, um, one of the reasons that um, Jocelyn does not want to actually move to Namakul is like whenever we go to our home to meet my parents, um, my mom will always um, have so many complaints about church, people, what is happening there. Yeah. And we get annoyed and frustrated. Mm. Um, but as we started teaching the lessons, she also felt that my mom start, stopped complaining uh. about the uh. church, about the people. So, um, so we were able to see God working in the family, in the church. And uh, there were two men who were causing this division. Mm. And uh, both of them you know, uh, came to my dad because he was the pastor, he's the pastor of the church personally and asked pardon to, to him. Uh, pastor, we are sorry. We never understood the hand of God in this work. Wow. Uh, so we are sorry. We are going to keep everything uh, away and we will we will let the church function. So mm. uh, that's yeah. that's an amazing work of God in the life. Yeah. yeah, what yeah. a what a beautiful testimony. And you know, I I think the the temptation today in any conflict is to you know try and focus on you know determine what the issues of the conflict are and try and solve the conflict by focusing on the issues and. I think a lot of times that's done in marriage. A lot of times it's done in the church and, and, you know, there's, there's some principles, you know, that I think the word of God lays out, you know, one is love covers a multitude of sin. You know, it doesn't say love prevents sin from happening. Although I think there is an aspect of that, but 
love covers a multitude of sin. I mean, the reality is, is we're fallen human beings that still have a, a flesh, that still have indwelling sin within this fallen human body, and we live on a fallen earth, and we're going to sin. Well, it's love that covers a multitude of sin. That same Ephesians 4 passage talks about that, you know, we, as believers, we have been given the unity of the Spirit. We have been made one in Christ, and, and we're to maintain that unity through the bond of peace. Well, peace is part of the fruit of the, of the Spirit. And so the only way that that unity can be maintained is by walking in the Spirit. The only way we can walk in the Spirit is by growing in our understanding of the truths of our identification with Christ. And, and that begins with, you know, being clear on justification and, and you know, that it's all by grace. And, and so, you know, this, this is a, I just think this is a, an amazing testimony of the transforming facts, you know, the transforming, the transformation that, that, that takes place by truly grounding people in, you know, in the truths of grace and the finished work of Christ, that there, there's real trans, transforming power in grace. A lot of times I think people, you know, are afraid to really teach grace in its fullest extent because they think, well, this is going to give people a license to sin. Well, that's not, that's, that's not how true grace works. There's real transforming power in grace. And I just love, love this testimony. I mean, that's, that's what you taught. You taught grace and it is, it's brought them to repentance. Yeah. I, I think the other thing is um, that is God's timing. Mm. Um, like we in our flesh, we want yeah. to see people changed. Mm. Um, like, we, we have a list of things. Okay, people should do this. People should not do this. Mm. And we try to force it on people. You know? mm. uh, means a simple family example that I can tell is my uncle is staying next next to our house. Now he's our next door neighbor. And uh, my, our uncle's son, uh, he's doing his PhD in commerce. And he's about 29 years old. And uh, he's so frustrated with him that uh, he's not doing any help in the home. He's not... Uh, uh, he does not have a job now. Um, so um, this during this pandemic, every night we will have dinner together at our house. Mm. Um, so during the dinner, we will just have a little bit con uh, conversation about the family, about the scriptures. And mm. my uncle will always tell to him, like, you do this, you do that, you do that. But I, I used to tell my uncle, uncle, you wait. No, let's show grace. It takes time for him to understand. Um, uh, then he was with us for nearly 40 days now. Um, and uh, last last week, once we finished the dinner, he started doing the dishes. Uh, we we never told him, um, and uh, we were uh, just, we'll just talk to him. We'll encourage him. We'll use Bible verses to interact with him. Uh, then my uncle was so because whenever I tell him like uncle, you wait, you be patient. Let's teach him. You no, know, it takes time for God to work. No, but. He, his question is, how long? How long? I have been telling him all this 29 years. He's not changing. <laughs> uh, uh, but when, when, when he was doing the dishes, my uncle was stunned to see, at, oh, how come this happens? This is a miracle. <laughs> mm. no, um, mm. So I think it's a simple example. But with the church, uh, we need patience to teach grace because it takes time for people to understand grace in the right way. And when they understand it in the right way with what Christ has done for us on the cross and his love. And I remember the passage in John where Christ tells, when you abide in me, you give much fruit. So when we abide in Christ, um, whatever, whether it's a behavioral change or a character change, everything is a normal outflow of our relationship with Christ. Yeah. Now, um, uh, so we yeah. saw that we, we are seeing that happening in the lives of people in Namakal, mm. we have seen that in Posu, we have seen that in, in us personally. Mm. Yeah, amen. So you just, uh, you sent me an email the other day and you said that uh, you just completed teaching the church through uh, our Knowing God lessons and you're going to begin Romans. Um, yeah. So the church as a body, um, where, you know, where, where what, what, 
know, from the time that you began work, you know, you moved there and began working with the church until now, um, what, what are some of the other differences, uh, changes that you're seeing in the church as a whole, as a body? I think the, the first change that we could um, sense is, um, especially we took little more time in studying the book of Leviticus, where mm. we talked about the uh, five offerings mm. and how we see the work of Christ through those five offerings. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, like... Uh, people have become more gracious in their relationship with one another. Mm. Um, uh, like uh, one of the things that Jocelyn, in the beginning, she struggled to come to Namakal is uh, people use a lot of uh, sarcasm and criticism in the way they speak to each other. Mm. Um, it, it hurts uh, uh, people. So we see that their conversations have become much more gracious. Mm. Uh, that's one thing. Then the next thing is, um, see, it's a complicated thing when the Baptist ecclesiology where the pastor does everything and the believers are like spectators. Like we come to church, we give our offering, we go, let the pastor do his work. Yeah. Um, but the concept of body um, is, is growing. Uh, we see now more people are coming for Wednesday evening Bible studies and we have a family Bible studies on uh, Fridays at different houses. Um, mm. Then the church attendance has uh, grown. Um, and interestingly, like when we came here, we also fo we focused on both growing believers and also people who are backslidden. Mm. And uh, we were able to go visit them, talk to them. And um, uh, no, when, when a person who is, coming to, who is coming to church only once in a month, uh, the immediate question of many of this people in the church will be, oh, where were we? Where were you for the last three weeks? Mm. Uh, then immediately they'll jump on to say, you should come to church every week. Uh, so that guy will, will stop coming to church thinking that if I go to church, I have to answer all these questions. Right. So it's better I don't go to church. Um, yeah. So we also train the other church people saying that um, how God loves and cares for them. Mm. And we should show that love and care. Um, so in that way, we were able to restore about um, four or five backslidden families back to the church um, then there are some some people you know who have their spouses who are not believers uh, and uh, and in, in a sense like we never told them that you should go and bring them to church and all uh, but they started telling us like oh um, uh, you should come and talk to my husband or wife yeah uh, so through that we were able to bring few people then by God's grace like uh, uh, in the month of uh, Feb, uh, March, in the first week of March, um, one of the believers who is coming from a village that is uh, nearly 25 kilometers away from, from Namakal, mm -hmm. um, he used to listen to my sermon in the mornings and he will go and teach a Bible study for his village. It's about 18 to 20 people attend that Bible study. So every Sunday he was doing that and I, I never knew that he was doing it uh, but every Sunday morning after I preach, you'll come and take my sermon notes. He'll tell Pastor, can you please give me my sermon notes? I'll give my sermon notes. Um, <laughs> then one day when we casually visited him, uh, he shared his testimony of how um, he started growing in the Lord and all these people who are attending the Bible study started growing in the Lord. And he said, mm. it has come to a stage where I cannot manage. I want you to come and uh, uh, teach this study. Wow. Um, so uh, now we started a Sunday evening service, like uh, Sunday uh, 6 to 7.30, we have started an evening um, uh, Sunday service there. So mm. first we thought we'll go and work with these adults. Uh, and in the very first week, we have like four or five children. Mm. So the next week we started the Sunday school. And now we have about 20 uh, small children coming for Sunday school. So we do it in the first half an hour. Mm. Uh, then we do the church service. Um, so that's also another um, thing. Um, then... Wow. Uh, yeah, these are some things I could remember. Yeah. Um, so, and then like now we are actually moving from uh, from justification by grace to the phase called a sanctification by, by grace. Uh, um, and uh, one of the main, main things that we are uh, actually uh, mm -hmm. having questions about is 
um, you know, in, in John Calvin's uh, principle, there is this uh, P for perseverance of the saints, uh, mm. that someone who, who is saved by the Lord will persevere till the end. Um, yeah. It kind of, kind of, in some way, put focus on the believer that he mm -hmm. will persist. Um, so when you are talking about it, it is the Lord who perseveres us. Like he helps us to persevere till the end. Right. He strengthens us. Uh, that's where the believers have a lot of questions. So that's the reason we thought uh, right after um, knowing God, we'll start with Romans. Mm -hmm. uh, now where mm -hmm. we see these principles very clearly uh, yeah. laid out. Amen. And, uh, and then I'll, I'll finish up with this one. Um, then this Tamil Baptist church that we are working now uh, is connected with nearly 40 churches in Tamil Nadu. Mm. Uh, and um, so in the southern part, about six hours from our place, uh, we were able to start a training center for uh, about 18 to 20 Tamil Baptist churches, small village churches. Um, uh, 18 pastors have joined. Um, and then we have a separate class where we teach the lessons for those 18 pastors. Hmm. And then they have their church uh, members who wanted to study the Bible. So we have started with creation to Christ for them. With the, with the pastors, we started with knowing God because they have a little bit more background where we can teach many things a little more deeper and directly. Um, but with the believers, we have now about 40 people coming. Um, so I, Augustine, uh, then um, you remember Jasmine? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Jasmine and uh, from Hosur Clement. Uh, mm. uh, so we we used to go, we are teaching those classes. Um, and God has given us that opportunity not only to work with, we were thinking about this Namakal church, but God has opened the door wide that we can serve to these 18 to 20 churches. Wow. Um, to, uh, wow. During this year, yeah. That's amazing. That's awesome. So Jocelyn, what's, uh, what's it like being the pastor's wife in India? What's, uh, what's your role? What are some of the things that you're involved in? How are the ladies in the church? Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, since I'm from a different state, I'm not so uh, good with the language. I'm just still learning. Mm. So uh, I start with the uh, and Namakal uh, is different from Hosur. Uh, Hosur many uh, people know English, so it's easier to um, uh, communicate with them. But here I I started with the kids here, hmm. uh, so I I just started taking care of the Sunday school as I came, as we moved to Namakal, hmm. and um, and they were just teaching. They the Sunday school didn't have a order of teaching they were just just taking some stories and teaching uh, so I thought let, let, let's like go in order so I also I encouraged the teachers who were teaching to uh, study in order from creation so we just uh, last year after I became we started from creation and we are through maybe I think uh, few uh, uh, yeah Moses yeah we reached the lesson of Moses so and I, I yeah I, I encourage teachers to also teach them uh, like in order and so that they can know more about uh, uh, God or how He works uh, in, in a systematic way uh, in or in a chronological way. Uh, so uh, so and it's encouraging when I start when we started the Sunday school last year. It was very we had like five six. The number of kids were very less and. And um, uh, like last month before the virus uh, issues, uh, it was like it came to 20. So I was so happy to see there are so many kids in our church, but no, no one were willing to uh, allow uh, let the kids come to the Sunday school. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's uh, and hmm. I I've started teaching in Tamil, uh, which I'm not, I'm still learning. So uh, I'm happy that God is helping me to be a little more thorough in the language. And there are other sisters who help me, yeah, who are interested in the Sunday school, hmm. and uh, and the women who I be, I you know we, I just try to be friend with them. And uh, his mom as uh, still as pastor's wife, uh, uh, she is the one who leads a women's meeting. But I be there. I, I'm I'm a part of it, uh, but I'm not doing any leadership as so far. 
but I am I'm, I'm, I'm now just uh, leading Sunday school and, and God is working. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a, <clears throat> there's a, a definite emphasis on the women in the church and, and a, a specific effort being put into their discipleship as well. Um, uh, uh, I, as personally, I try to, you know, uh, spend yeah. time with them, talk with them. I'm not like any, um, like a group or we, we have a regular meeting, which is all going once in a month. Mm-hmm. But uh, personally, I like I try to uh, uh, meet with them, like talk with them, and you know, encourage them uh, yeah. to grow in the Lord. Yeah, yeah. And and what? praying about it. I wish to like you know make it more more uh, regular, like a, a studying about God's word. And uh, yeah, just yeah. <laughs> What about from what's your sense? Like the the leaders of the church. Um, not including Hanson. I know Hanson values, you know, the spiritual growth of the women, but uh, just the other leaders in general is, do you, do you sense a, an effort, a desire there for them to see the women mature in Christ as well, or? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Slowly God is working. Slowly. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Even the different men are, mm, more uh, interested in ministry now than before and uh-huh. came it was like only the pastor has to do everything but you know now it's more we can see people are more active in yeah. the church involving in the, even women a lot of women are actually it's a hundred year old church so yeah. they know a lot so practically not the knowledge you know practically bringing it into life is uh, uh, something we can see uh, God is working. Yeah. Isn't it, I mean, isn't it true? Uh, I'm asking you both um, that in Indian culture, that women are kind of less valued than men. Yeah. Um, in Indian culture, but Namakal is a place where more women are educated and they are working. Uh, and yeah. It's, so it's a little different. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I was just kind of curious to hear, you know, to see, I mean, I would expect that, that part of the culture to not carry over into the church, but I was just kind of curious to hear, you know, is, is it as important to the leadership of the church that the women get discipled as well as the men? Yeah. um, Actually what happened was um, a few years back, uh, we had uh, a person who was helping my dad in the ministry. Hmm. And um, you know, he, he, he was a good person, but he had his own views about certain scriptural passages. Hmm. Um, so he, his main understanding of the scripture was the woman should be silent in the church. Um, so, uh, and the way he presented it was a little more aggressive that so many women became very passive in the church. Hmm. Um, and as you said, the culture also encourages it. Um, so now in the last one year, now we are trying to, um, bring that balance in the church, like help people understand the role of, uh, uh, women. Uh, that's again, uh, there are some issues, but, um, no, we don't want to force it immediately. Right. Now, we thought as we teach the scripture, uh, when we come to Ephesians and Colossians, uh, we can really address that subject from the scripture as a part of it. Uh, yeah. uh, so what, what we are doing now is like uh, for that village ministry, we have women participating with us. Mm. Uh, then every month we have hospital ministry. We go to a big government hospital right in front of the church. Mm. And most of the people who come there are <coughs> women who involved in evangelism. Um, mm. uh, then, um, we were thinking to do this, but before we implement, we had this pandemic that we have many retired women in our church. Um, and then like, they feel, okay, their life is over. Now hmm. these people are educated who had good jobs, but after the uh, retirement, they are just simply sitting in the house. Um, uh, so we thought uh, we will send them uh, as a team to go and meet uh, the single woman in the church hmm. and spend time with them like weekly one one day they'll form a team 
yeah. so they'll go there and spend time with them uh, hmm. so and then every sunday after the sunday service we have a uh, we have a bible study time hmm. you know where we uh, reflect on the preaching and discuss a little more deeper um, so we have about uh, yeah nearly 20 women who are attending uh, that wow meeting but i think uh, it will take at least another uh, one one year or two years for us to see them uh, mm. to get actively involved in the life of the body because uh, that was not the nature of the church so far yeah right no that's excellent that's great that's awesome that uh, you're mobilizing the older retired women to reach out to the single women that's a classic titus principle yeah because uh, we thought like uh, you know since just now the church is becoming a little more like one body and there is unity yeah. um, we were thinking about how we can help women serve the body uh, mm. so when a woman serves another woman or a child nobody in the church has a problem So we thought we'll begin with this. We we'll start with this platform. Yeah. That's what that's wonderful. So how how has the, the um you mentioned the pandemic several times. So share with us a little bit about uh the impact there in Namakoa um with the pandemic and how you guys are navigating through trying to continue ministering uh, during the, during these times. Yeah, um see that uh, the town Namakal is basically a poultry town it depends on the poultry industry. Um the, the next major industry is uh, it uh, truck industry. They have plenty of trucks and truck drivers who travel all around the uh, nation. Um so just before this pandemic there was a bird flu um in in Kerala. our neighboring state uh, so it hit the poultry industry in a way that even before the pandemic happened occurred um, the poultry industry has gone down mm-hmm. uh, for example like the chicken price was uh, it, it used to be 200 rupees um, but it came down to 60 rupees um, so the uh, so when the pandemic began and the lockdown happened the truck drivers were not able to uh, go out they have to stay in their homes and then the poultry industry was also shut down so about 60% of our church work uh, in relation to this industries um, so they uh, were jobless and uh, they didn't have money uh, to to survive um, so that's the uh, major financial um, hit that happened during this pandemic um, uh, and then spiritually one of the problems that we had is like we recorded all the services online and we had a zoom meeting every um, friday evening uh, but only like maybe uh, 60% of the church have access to these things mm. uh, so they will be able to um, participate or watch um, the other 40% we just contact over the phone and uh, you know, i i could go and meet in their house but i didn't want to do it because uh, um, in india the first phase was uh, was aggravated in a, in the state of tamil nadu through a islamic uh, through the islamic teachers who went for a conference in new delhi and they came down to tamil nadu uh, they started visiting people and through that it started spreading oh. uh, so just in case if i am a carrier then i will be in the spotlight in the news this christian pastor went and spread it for 50 or 60 people uh, mm-hmm. so what we what we did was we we just called people talked over the phone um uh, then no by uh, i think by the end of uh, uh, april um no during the month of april we used the reserve funds in the church to help them but for may we were almost bankrupt and we were thinking what we should do we were praying about it that's the time we got the mail from uh, from scott uh, that fbc wanted to um, help us and we were really surprised um at first i was a little bit hesitant because i know you are going through a very difficult time and uh, uh, so we don't want really uh, you to suffer to help us but uh, but we were so thankful and 
Um, so through that, we were able to help nearly um, uh, seven churches. In each church, we helped about 20 to 30 families. Then uh, there is an old age home with, with nearly 65, 70 people near to our town. It is run by another Baptist church. So we could help them. Uh, then, uh, so it, it, it became a big blessing for, for many. And, um, and interestingly, when, when, when we shared it with, with our people, like this is what the church has done for us to help these families, nearly 150 to 200 families. Um, so uh, many of our church members started voluntarily giving now uh, mm. for the next month because probably June, uh, we are thinking about June and July, it may take another two months for them to get back to the normal. Um, and uh, so in, in one sense, the pandemic has a big um, impact on us. But on the other side, uh, we started this online church service. So we sent it to our church members and they started sharing with their friends. And now every, every week we have more than 500 plus views wow. um, uh, for, the, for the online uh, service. So uh, there are some good things where we were able to. So many people are contact, contact. We never knew them. So they watched our service through YouTube followers and they asked us, can you continue these lessons for us? Um, so we are thinking about even after the uh, after we start meeting together, we will record the Sunday service and continue to put the lessons online so many people can uh, watch. Mm. Um, now the government is relaxing. So slowly um, people are moving out um, and the bird flu is over. The poultry industry is starting to um, begin. Um, so we are, we are expecting that at least in one month's time, uh, people may be able to get the regular wages. Uh, Do you think that in the one month time, maybe you'll be able to meet again uh, as, as a church? Uh, we are expecting that by the first week of June, um, we may be able to start our service with some restrictions, like with social distancing. Okay. Um, so we are thinking like we can have two different, we have, we have about 100 people um, on a Sunday attending. So we will have two different services, like have 50 people each for a service. So in that way, we can keep that safe distance. And so we are waiting for this Sunday. Uh, this Sunday will be a, um, our, our state chief minister will announce about what's the next stage after May, 7, uh, May, May 17th. Yeah. So we are waiting for that announcement. Okay. Well, that's only a couple of weeks. That's not too far away if you guys would be able to start meeting together as a group. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. So have you, um, <clears throat> just through this hardship that, you know, people have found themselves in, have you, has there been any um, sense of uh, more of an openness among unbelievers? Um, uh, I know, like, you know, the years we were working with the Karen, um, mm -hmm. they're animists, uh, spirit worshipers, and you know, needs come into their lives and immediately they're, you know, looking to the spirits and seeking to appease the spirits and do spirit sacrifices and that kind of stuff. And when those attempts to meet their needs through the spirits don't work, you know, and their kids remain sick or the weather's not cooperating to, you know, for a good rice crop, that kind of thing, then eventually they get to the place where, okay, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to try Christianity. Um, do you see any of that type of thing happening among, you know, unbelieving or the Hindus there or, or others in the community or not so much? Yeah. I, see, that is a wide sense among uh, many of us. Um, you know, there is a feeling that when the church, when we are able to open the church, we may get in more, unbelievers or mm. even Christians who do not regularly attend the church mm. uh, because nobody thought this lockdown will be this long. Yeah. Uh, it's all going to be already 40 days are over. We are hoping it to be another 20 days. Um, so there is a question like why, who is in control? How can we overcome? Uh, so there's a, there is a general uh, sense of feeling among people. And um, 
uh, even when we go to different shops, people who know that I'm a pastor, they ask the question like, um, oh, uh, how can we overcome this? Uh, what do you think? Can you give us some advice about the situation? And so then, interestingly, um, in our neighboring state that is Kerala, that is ruled by a communist uh, uh, party, and the leader of the communist party, who is the ruler of the state, uh, he has told, uh, we have tried many things, but only one person can solve this problem is Jesus Christ. Wow. And it came in news and we were all surprised, like what caused him to do so. You know, even an atheist, it comes from the mouth of an atheist. Hmm. So we are definitely expecting a uh, bigger crowd. Um, but at the time, I think as a pastor, I should be cautious because we should not really get excited because these people are seeking a sign or an answer, uh, but definitely God may use it mm. to draw people who really seek him you know, uh, mm -hmm. yeah. through, through this kind of situation. Mm. Amen. So is there uh, any, anything else that you would uh, like to share with our listeners that you haven't touched on yet or... I don't know. We are we are really um, happy with the way God has uh, led us in this last one year uh, in, in Namakal because um, we had so many questions and doubts, um, and God God has been so gracious and helpful, and it has also helped us to grow as a family together. And we are very thankful to Fellowship Bible Church for your continuous support, you no know, regular monthly support and. Um, financially, but but more than that, um, we really love your spiritual um, guidance because there there have been so many times I would have missed something or gone away from the word, and um, and from you Scott or Jim, uh, you know, I think sometimes we had certain arguments in the emails over certain issues, uh, but it helped me to focus on the word. Uh, it, it helped me to mature in the Lord. So um, I really appreciate what you do in Fellowship Bible Church Missions because it's not like, okay, here is our money. You take and do whatever you want. But we right. feel like as a family um, with Fellowship Bible Church, you, know, you are like our brothers in Christ who um, help us to grow grow in Christ. So, um, and I think the missions in Fellowship Bible Church and also every time when we come to the missions conference to meet the body in Fellowship Bible Church, uh, it's a great and special feeling. You know? um, so we are very thankful to you. Um, and uh, I don't know what else to say. Please continue to pray for us. And we are praying for you and we are concerned about your situation there. Um, and we hope that the Lord will bring the best out of this whole chaos we are facing now. Yeah, so that was going to be our next question is uh, what would be the main things that you would like uh, people to be praying about for you all and for the church there? Yeah, um, the first thing is like, uh, please pray for this, uh, pray for the unity of this uh, church. Like we have six churches associated with this in Namakal. Um, so we are trying to work to bring the people together. Um, one of the major problems is it was started by missionaries from England. When the missionaries left, they left a huge amount of property and all the disputes came around the properties. Uh, who owns it? Who has the authority over it? Um, so this was a perennial problem in the church. Hmm. But in the last two years, when we started teaching there, we helped them to focus on the person of Christ. He said, let's forget about the property. Let's, let's think about Christ. And uh, so it's one issue that concerns us, the unity know of the body in in Namakal. Uh, then the next thing is like uh, really many times we feel uh, very discouraged because we miss our friends in Hosu. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know we have so many Christian friends and now we are mm -hmm. living in a place where the Christian population is only 0.8 percent in the town. Mm -hmm. um, so that the Christian fellowship uh, is something that we miss so we we get discouraged many times. Um, and so the, pray and that, probably the unity, the unity of the faith of the people in the church is different than it is in Hosur as well. Yeah, yeah. 
definitely like in hosur it's it's more like a family like yeah but uh, here we believe god will work but it may take some time mm. um so we are actually praying for a team like we we are thinking about if we have another two or three couples with whom we can work uh in in amakal uh, that may that may make things better so we are praying that god will raise um families you know who can who can be like pasaji and agustin mm. uh, for us namakal to help us so that's the next thing then the third thing is uh, last whole year josvin was homeschooling the kids um, but we are also seeing some more greater needs in the church like last one year we were able to do only things within the body and um, now we are thinking about training more people to also step out and evangelize and bring in new people in the church so we feel like if we could put our children to school she can spend more time with the women in the church training and equipping them mm. um so uh, most of the schools are hindu schools and they are uh, they are really expensive uh, it's mm. like we when we try to find a decent school you now they charge nearly 100000 rupees a year per child oh. um so we are praying and thinking what we should do um so you please pray that god should give us the guidance whether uh, we should put them in the school that uh, joshin can have more time with the women or she should continue homeschooling that's something that we are struggling now because june is the beginning of the academic year so um yeah, mm. please pray for it and uh, pray for my dad um we are seeing great changes in his spiritual life uh um because i think the lessons are making a big impact in his life too um so uh, we are not sure how long he, he he can be healthy and stable but pray that um you know god will continue to work in his life too and yeah in jocelyn's language study yeah sure i need to be more confident in tamil and you can also pray for rain it is just so hot here <laughs> yeah i i i so see hot. you constantly wiping the wiping your face uh, yeah and uh, we don't we didn't have a all around namakal it rains but now it is huh. not raining here so huh. we just pray for a rain because <laughs> it's it has gone gone up to 105 now yeah, yeah. So if it is not going to rain, it may hit up to 110. So wow. <laughs> please pray that God will send us some rain soon. Yeah. Well, uh, regarding your language study, you need to do you need to do what Annette and I did. We uh, we came home to the U.S. on uh, one of our early furloughs, and we found this newly married couple that didn't have any kids. and we suckered them into coming to Thailand for a year to help homeschool our kids to free Annette up so that she could uh put more time into language study and and get to where you know she could really get the language and that was a that was a huge help um having you know having that couple come and do that that was Jim and Rachel that did that <laughs> so so is that a message for Jim <laughs> yeah. Well, we that, that was uh, 22 years ago. <laughs> we we have some newly uh married couples at FBC that uh yeah. could fit that bill that uh come over there and yeah. come school your kids for a year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um I know if if someone is there it will be a great help because it, it's not only to homeschool the children but we are also thinking about uh, reaching the young people. um who can be uh, mentored and uh, build up in the lord hmm. so if there is someone to whom the lord is speaking and they want to spend a year or two with us we'll be so glad and hmm. so that would that would be a possibility yeah yeah if someone is coming it will be a definitely be a possibility that we can work on yeah and uh, but only thing is with this pandemic and the visa regulations yeah. we don't know how it will work immediately but maybe in a right. longer time we can think about it right right something to be praying about for down the road yeah yeah and also yeah. like uh, there are yeah. uh, yes god uh, there are two things in our mind 
Uh, one is like, uh, we see so many old people in Namakal who are begging in the streets. Mm-hmm. And um, like sometimes when we go out, there will be people who will come and ask, can you please buy some food for me or some coffee for me? Mm-hmm. Um, so something that the Lord is moving that we should do for this uh, destitute old people. That's one thing. The next thing is uh, to work with children who are having um, special needs. Um, to reach out the community. Hmm. But at this point, since we are the only family who are working with the church, if you're going to do that, it will distract us from training the body. Uh, So once we could have like a couple of families who can share the burden of teaching in the church, Hmm. uh, we definitely wanted to do something in these two areas. And Hmm. this is something that God is continuously putting in our hearts. Um, So um, that can be a prior request that people can pray that God will give us clarity and if if he wants us to do something that we will be able to do something for, for those yeah. two, two particular group of people there. Sounds yeah. like another good ministry for the uh, older retired people in the church. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. We have to organize the team and yeah. work on it. Huh. Well, Jim, you mind yeah. praying for them in these things? and Yeah. Yeah, let's take a few minutes and we'll just pray. Yeah. <clears throat> so Lord, just thank thank you very much for letting us um, have this time to to visit with Hanson and Jocelyn and and just hear what you're doing uh, in Namakal. Hear how you've you've you brought them, you know, through all the years of of. Uh, going to ACA and you're leading them to Hosor and Hosor Church and letting, giving us at FBC the privilege and the opportunity to get to know them. And then now, now you brought them to, to Namakal and, and um, we're just, we're thankful for, for you and your, your heart for, for people and your your desire to see people just growing in the grace and knowledge of yourself to see people <clears throat> established and uh, presented uh, complete in Christ through growing in the knowledge of you and growing in their understanding of of all that it is that you've done for us um, and all that it is that you are doing in us and through us and continuing to do that work. So thank you for uh, just, just doing this and leading uh, Hanson and Jocelyn into this work at, at Namakal. And, and thank you for the unity that has come because of the, uh, the clear teaching of, like Hanson has shared, uh, of just your your gracious work of of the pure work of you for justification and just that clear teaching of that has just brought has brought um brought unity ease the tension uh broken down the barriers that were there between some of the people and so we're just very very thankful for that thank you that Hanson has been able to be a help to his dad. I know that's got to be a real enjoyable um, uh, for a father and a son to work together in a ministry. Um, so thanks for giving them this partnership uh, with, with his dad there. And um, in his latter years of life, we are thankful for uh, his dad's uh, bit of improvement with his health and also a spiritual understanding of the truths that that are being shared there this past this past year or so that that they've been there thank you that it's been um, not as necessarily as challenging as um, Jocelyn might have thought with some of the criticism of the of the of the conversations or sarcasm but but through through your grace things are easing and there's not as much of a critical spirit or sarcasm and so there's 
it's it's just more of a more of an easier place to be. We're we're thankful we're thankful for for that work there. So all these things, Lord, just the spiritual work that you're doing there. We're just very 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 thankful for for your faithfulness um, in our own lives and the lives of of Jocelyn and Hanson and the lives of the leadership of the church and the people in the church. Uh, looking forward, moving forward, we do pray that that um, you would just uh, really raise up uh, some uh, some couples that would be have a real hunger to just grow even more than what um, than what's being described, and they could become like a leadership team to partner with with uh, Jocelyn and Hanson and. Uh, two, three couples that could that could really, really be a uh, real co-workers. But not only that, but also could be real fellowship, uh, friendship, um, companionship, camaraderie, unity. Um, that that they're missing from what they had in Hosor. And so we we do pray that you'd raise up these couples. Um, in the near future and just just um, give that give that fellowship that um, that's missing from what they had in Hosur. the just the logistics of um, in the the desire um, of Jocelyn to to you know be be involved more in the ministry but also you know our first calling is to our families and so the uh, just the the desire to see the kids uh, possibly go to school so that she would be freed up to um, to be more involved in the ministry yet also the cost of it and is it the right decision and all those types of things we really just pray for them specifically right now uh, just to give them uh, clarity of of, of of what you'd have them to do, um, a peace through the decision, real 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 clear direction of this is what this is the direction that you'd have them to go, and we even pray, you know, even for the possibility um, down the road of someone coming over there to to to, to partner with them and to help. Um, I know what a what a great time it was for Rach and I when we did that with Scott and Annette, and I I believe it was a real real blessing to them for us to be there. So maybe in the future you'd have the same thing for for them to have somebody come over and, and um, partner with them and <clears throat> help with the kids um, in this in this way. Words rain, just um, looking looking for some rain raining all around them and but in their area it's dry and hot and um as we've been as we've been keeping in touch with all of our global family around the world we know in in kenya they're getting tons and tons of rain and flooding and people losing life because of all the rain in kenya but but we we just pray that you'd let some of that um and you would cause some of that to just come to and fall in Namakal. And in their in their state in their area, uh, lower the temperatures a little bit and, and let it just not be quite so quite so dry. And um, so, thank you, Lord. We'll just kind of continue to just continue to enjoy uh, the fellowship that we have together as as brothers and sisters in the body of Christ around the world. And just celebrate the fact that we can, we can be working together. We can be partnered together uh, with with Hanson and Jocelyn and even you know the rest of our family that we have in India. And so, so thanks, Lord. Thanks for this time together you've given us to visit, to talk, and catch up, and hear what you're doing. In your name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, Hanson and Jocelyn, thank you for taking the time to spend an hour with us. Uh, 
in 105 degree weather and sitting in a car that you can't put your windows down because you have monkeys running all around and <laughs> it's a, a real hour of torture we put you through. <laughs> oh no, it's a time of pressure talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> we love you guys and uh, we'll be praying for you. Um, hopefully uh, many at FBC will tune in and uh, be praying for you in the coming days as well. Thank you. We love you too. Yeah, good being together. We'll keep yeah. in touch. <laughs>